Welcome to the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. This thing is huge. It's the greatest, most outrageous, incredibly fun podcast on the internet today. It's all about the Donald, the most spectacular entrepreneur alive today. For entrepreneurs who also want to dominate their market and destroy their competition. I'm Steve Cypress, here with my co-host, Everett Farnell. Welcome to another episode of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump Podcast. Your fearless co-host, Steve Cypress, here along with my more fearless co-host, Mr. Everett Farnell. How you doing today, Steve? I am doing unbelievably, fantastically excellent, thank you. And you? <laughs> well, i got to tell you, we're coming up, what, uh, about a month away or so from 2017. And while I'm not one of these people who looked at the new calendar year, in other words, January 1st is the same as August 27th, as far as I'm concerned. You can change yourself anytime. It would be foolish to ignore the fact that there is a psychological change with the changing with the new year, and I think next year is going to be huge. Extremely well put. High achievers like yourself, like me, like hopefully a lot of our listeners, hopefully all the listeners, although I know better, uh, high achievers do that. We don't care what the calendar says. We can make a decision on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday, on June 13th, on December 18th, on whatever the heck to get things going. But you're right, the overwhelming majority of people, including business owners, tend to be reflective at this time of year, look back and say, how was 2016? Am I going to make 2017 better? In fact, this is the time of year that I get my phone rings off the hook and my calendar fills up with people looking for help with their marketing and sales because they're determined to make next year a better year. And, and this is the time that they finally, you know, they've realized that, hey, you know, 2016 wasn't the year I planned, and what the heck's going to be different about next year? Now, one thing is, we already see with this Trump is for for whatever really happened and whatever really went on with the deal, you know, with this carrier air conditioning thing, saving the jobs, moving to Mexico, whatever. It's not about the few hundred jobs he saved, of course. It's the message he sent by doing it, but the you know, the stock market is up and people's sentiment by consumer got sentiment is up and whatever. And it, it looks like, you know, we're finally after more than eight years of morose, nonsense, garbage, crappy, <laughs> stagnant economy ready for things to happen. I, from, from talking to a lot of small business owners, they're a little worried right now that they don't exactly have things in place to capitalize on what's about to happen. And if their competitors do, that's what they're kind of worried about. And so my phone rings off the hook this time of year, and I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to help as many people as I can. Uh, absolutely. Anyway, I'm sorry? I said absolutely. You know, it's, it's funny. The guy's not even president yet, and things are just clicking right along in the economy just in expectation of him being sworn in. Yeah, I mean, I'm already getting tired of all the winning, and uh, he's not even in office yet. Which, you know, technically that means the jobs that he saved or the stock market reaching highs or the whatever sentiment going on, guess who's going to claim responsibility and benefit from all those facts and figures and numbers that are going to happen over these last, you know, six more weeks that he's in office, seven more weeks or whatever is... uh, Oh, yeah. Finally, it's not Bush's my fault. Watch. Yeah, finally, it's not Bush's <laughs> fault. It only took eight years. Yeah, uh, as, if, like, as if you could possibly believe that a guy who couldn't get anything going for eight years, suddenly, when he's the lamest of lame duck possibilities, after the election for his successor is named and excitement starts happening. I mean, it kind of is uh, Obama's can claim responsibility, I believe, for this boom in consumer sentiment and the economy going to be growing and everyone, business owners' attitudes are all up. 
because well, he's leaving. Yeah, well, he's, only because he was so horrible that they elected Donald Trump, and now everybody's excited about him. Well, yeah, but I, I really, I mean, I really think it's, it's, it's the responsibility is on Obama because he's leaving. Like people, yeah. when you come into a room, Mr. President, people are cheering, and it's not for the fact that you're here; it's for the fact that you're going to be gone soon. We are yeah, all business thing. owners are cheering. Americans are voting. We just recently had the Black Friday and Cyber Monday and all the records being set in the stock market. People are voting with their wallets. We're so happy to see him go. Anyway, the topic of this podcast is not Lessons Learned from Barack Obama Leaving Office podcast. (laughs) It's the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. And this week, we talk about this whole good cop, bad cop game that Trump is playing. And, And it's amazing to me that how few of the pundits and experts, which I put in quotes, of course, experts out there still either don't get anything he does or they just claim, you know, act stupid like they don't know what he's doing. But it's such a clear case of this good cop, bad cop, where he comes out and and has Mitt Romney come and let's, you know, come meet at my golf course and come over to have dinner. and, and, And then, but then at the same time, he allows his surrogates to go out there and bash Romney and say, you know, what a loser and there's no way and whatever. That's just as clear as day, a case of good cop, bad cop, meaning Trump gets to to have the high road in the negotiations here and appear that he's open to all sides and he can mend fences with his enemies and he's willing to consider rivals to be in his team of advisors, blah, blah, blah. But in reality, of course he doesn't. That's why he allows his very top advisors Newt Gingrich and Kellyanne Conway and whoever else to go out and just bash the crap out of Mitt Romney. So clearly Trump is doing that, and it's working for him and tremendously to his advantage, and it, and it will over the years as people see he keeps saying, you know, keeps talking about how he's here to, to not to divide, but to bring the company the country together. And that's a big part of it. Bring your, quote, enemies, rivals together. So he looks like he's doing that when clearly his surrogates are out there bashing. So how can a small business owner use the good cop, bad cop strategy in his or her I, business? i, I got to tell you, I love good cop, bad cop. I've made millions and millions of dollars in sales because of good cop, bad cop. And uh, I'll tell you how I use it. And, of course, you know, we always say this, and, uh, and it, it, this is a very generalist podcast, so it's up to our listeners to try and interpret and translate what we give them into their uh, business or to contact us so that we can help them translate it into their business, which is uh, a smart idea as well. But what I used to do is, I, I first, I was never the owner of the business, ever, ever, ever. I was never the owner. I was always the president of the company, uh, but there was a different owner. I was always the general manager of the company, but there was a different owner. Sometimes the owner was my wife. Sometimes the owner was, uh, I wouldn't tell him it was my wife. I would say, you know, it was, it was user maiden name, and Mrs. Gibbs is the owner. Or sometimes the owner was some um, mentioned unknown investor who put money in to start the company way back when and, and now uh, you know they have controlling interest but I always had some son of a bitch boss to answer to but I was on their side he was the bad cop I was the good cop and I was there pulling and rooting for and doing everything I could do to do something nice on on behalf uh, of the prospective customer and really you know let me let me make a phone call and see if I can fix something up for them and you know I mean I, I did a lot of in-home sales so we'd go out to somebody's home and to down with them, and and there was always a a next person up who was grumpy, who was cantankerous, who didn't want to give discounts, who didn't want to do anything, who didn't want to to make a a single step in the prospective client's direction, and I was always pulling for them. I was 
always on their team and on their side, and I'll see if I can convince them. And, and I would call them up. And, and now, now, by the way, as a side note, if somebody is doing in-home sales and they're going to use this technique, please actually call somebody from your cell phone. Tell your wife or tell your friend or tell your business partner or tell your kid or tell somebody that if they, if you call and start acting strange on the phone, just, you know, just go with it. Just say, okay, and then Well, of course. I mean, and, and we've all, you know, had this happen to us if we haven't used it in our business in our in life. Anyone that's gone to a car dealership, of course, had the whole routine of yeah. the, the salesman, oh, I don't know if I can, you know, add that extra on or give you that well, but price I, or whatever. Let me go see the manager and then through the window in the glass, which... Don't you think they could make that that sure. wall out of wood? Of course they make it out of glass so you can see what you just mentioned, the gyrations. And the, another place we see this when you watch sports and you see that the, the, the manager goes out to the mound to talk and be or anything like get a ground ball or shortstop or something. He's out there going, yeah, what'd you, what movie did you watch last night? What'd you have for dinner? You know, whatever he's saying <laughs> to calm the guy down. But it doesn't necessarily mean that he's talking baseball. The same thing when these uh, managers are, are arguing with the umps. They flail their hands like crazy and stomp up and down and whatever and sometimes they when they're mic'd up you hear sometimes they're really just saying like you know what is the matter with you like uh you know i know you don't like steak but you shouldn't have ordered lobster at the di-. but he's making the big show so all his players see that he's all on on their side and all the fans see how right. passionate he is going for the team and and that's to get all the fans riled up and the players riled up so this stuff is is going on constantly it's not just happening with donald trump it's not just happening with car dealers. It's not just happening in sports. Why isn't it happening? Ask yourself if it isn't in your own business, dear business owner. And of course, I agree with you. You can't just sit there and you, you don't fake. You know, it's not like you don't like fake this kind of stuff. Like you don't see Donald Trump, you know, faking it or his 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 uh, surrogates coming out and not really saying what they're saying. I mean, everything is saying it. It's just that they don't actually mean it, which is something, well, I, Americans, another thing, they all seem to be learning about Donald Trump. Oh, you can't it, believe every single word he says. Of course not. He's a business person. He's, his <laughs> job is to get the best possible result for everybody. A win, 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 win situation. And that's our result. That's our job also as business owners to get the best result for everybody. Any kids will tell you that. I don't have kids myself, but anyone who has kids, you're going to tell me you never, ever said anything to your kid to motivate them that wasn't 100% absolutely truthful? Oh, of course, everybody I mean, I had my father would say things to me like, you know, if you don't whatever, I'm going to leave you here in the store. If you don't stop crying, I'm going to leave you in the store. So that's something like that, like really now. Was, yeah. was he really going to leave me in the store? No, but I pretty if much shut up a five-year-old kid from crying and screaming. Like, so the result, not, the, the, don't the end good, justify then, the means. Yeah, if you don't be good, then Santa Claus is going to bring you a lump of coal for Christmas. You know, yeah. yeah I never got that one myself, uh, you know, growing up in well, a Jewish uh, household. But, uh, but, yeah, uh, but I, you know, um, I believe it. The, um, uh, but yeah, but that's my point. Uh, what we're way. saying here, we're just right to cut to the bone. What we're trying to say is, which we, we talk about a lot on here, is to be results-oriented and not process-oriented and not anything else-oriented. Like you saw Trump just roll over all these politicians who were so busy trying to be politically correct and to be nice and appease their donors and say the right thing for somebody whenever and Trump just came right out and said anything he felt like as outrageous as possible whether he believed it or not, and you're seeing that he didn't believe a heck of a lot of it, or, or even if he did at the time, I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll change at any time, and people go, oh, you know, he's flip-flop, he's changing his mind. That's what we, that's our job, we're business that's what people, everybody, yeah. we need to, 
to be flexible. We need to be results-oriented. We need to do whatever it takes to get the result that's best for everybody. And if that means changing our mind and changing decisions and even playing this game of good cop, bad cop. And, I, you know, I say this when I had my, as a sales manager, which I did for years and managed thousands of sales reps, I would tell them all the time to throw me under the bus. Throw oh, yeah. me under the bus all you want oh. when you go on your sales calls. And then say, let me get the manager in here and I'll come back with you. Just let me know what's going on. It just, it was pretty much like a, a, a pro wrestling match. It was so choreographed. That's another place you see it, of course, but everyone knows that's fake. You know, it reminds me of a job I had back in college when I wanted to be a, a professional sportscaster and I was a producer of a local call and talk show in Boston. And we were always getting all the, re- the, the host was a big wrestling fan. So my job is to contact these wrestlers, which I had their real names and their real phone numbers, you know, Captain Lou Al. Bano and the, this, and I had their real names and their real phone numbers, and I would call them up, and they're very normal, smart, regular, calm people, but you know, I remember the first time I called one and set up the interview, and then I said, okay, so it'll be, you know, whatever, 810 on Sunday night, and I'll call you with this number talking, and he said, whoa, 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 wait, wait, where's the script? Yeah. I was like, what? Right. And then it hit me. He was like, where's the script? These guys didn't do any, these pro wrestlers, they don't do anything without a script. Everything is scripted. He was like, you got to give me a script. I don't, what, what do you want me to say? I said, well, just generally, no, no. He goes, you don't understand. There's no generally. Get me a script. And so I had to make up the script. And I remember making up the script, which is a, it wasn't word for word. It was in general, this, that, whatever. And then I had a keyword. He was like, and what's the keyword? I was like, what? He's like, what's the keyword? What is Eddie going to say that's going to set me off? Oh, okay. We had to come up with a key word, and then I'd tell that. So it was like, oh, a nice, calm interview. How's it going? When's your next match? Who are you fighting? Whatever. And then Eddie was going to say something like, all right, well, hopefully this time you at least try. Oh, that's it, the word try. As soon as he says try, that sets off the wrestler into going crazy like, try. How dare you accuse me of not trying? But I come over there, I'm going to rip your head off the next time I come over. I'm, where's that studio? I'm coming in right now. Absolutely. And I had to script this whole thing. Well, of course, the listeners, the phones light up, the listeners are loving this stuff, everything's crazy, and then as soon as the thing is the over, and, he, and this wrestler's screaming at the top of his lungs at the host of the show, and as soon as the, the call is disconnected from the air... He goes immediately back to being a normal human being. It, it was yeah. unbelievable. It was at the top of his lungs. I will rip your head up. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, blah, blah. yeah, well, that's not if I could click. And he's like, how was that? Was that all right? <laughs> it's and it's I was wonderful, like, isn't it? <laughs> that was just awesome. He fooled me. I thought, we, you know, he's really mad. No, come on now. So why would you, dear listener, want to be the only business owner not taking advantage of this opportunity, this technique to use the good cop, bad cop strategy. you got to gotta make your customer believe that you're on their side, that you're pulling yep. for them, that you're fighting for them, and that there's the bad guy over there who's trying to keep them away. See, look, here's, here's the basic mentality. You want them to believe that the bad guy is trying to get them away from having the fun and benefits of owning your product or service and you're pulling for them and fighting the bad guy to try and make sure that they can get your product or service. It's a powerful... Well, and one reason it'll help you make the sale, what you're saying is that there is a saying, that, and everyone's heard it, is the one thing that that gets people together more than anything else is a common enemy. So you want to create an enemy that you can both be against. You as the salesperson or the estimator is against the owner of the business in this case or pick someone to be a common enemy that you're going to be on this. You move from being across the table where you are physically to figuratively being on the same side of the table as your prospect 
saying, let's try and get this, let me try and get that, let me try and do this for you. If I can do this, exactly. man, you know, exactly. i got to really pull in a couple of favors here and go to bat for you, but if I do that, do we have a deal? That kind of thing, and then and make, and everyone will win. For any of our direct salespeople, I'm going to give you a million-dollar bonus, and I'm, I'm being very serious, a million-dollar bonus. Well, here's the thing, Everett. You know, one thing we did talk about uh, for last week's mm-hmm. episode, because we keep getting a lot of calls here, that I'm going to I'm going to stop you there. I'm going to ask you to stop there because we get these calls from people that say sometimes what we talk about is a little too advanced. It goes a little okay. you know over the top. We make the point, and they and we came up with why don't we do this if we you know talk about the basics like we just did, but we'll offer to you know go to lessonslearnfromdonaldtrump.com. You can contact Everett, and he will share with you that advanced tip. We'll keep the advanced tips to the people that call us one on one. We will discuss the advanced tip, and we'll help you to implement it in your business. That's what we keep hearing from people is, all right, I sort of understood the advanced part, but I don't know how to implement that. That's real tricky and difficult, whatever, and it's best done on a one-on-one basis where you can find out about your specific situation and we can help you in a specific way with the advanced tips. So does it make sense that we'll save that for people that contact us one-on-one? That makes perfect sense. I'm glad to do it. Very good. So good cup, bad cup, folks. You see Trump using it. You use it. Make sure everyone gets a win-win-win, has a common enemy, that you are their friend, and therefore you make the sale, you get the deal, you come out shining, and everybody wins. Perfect. You've just listened to the most terrific podcast on the Internet today. If you want to be a winner like Trump, make sure you go listen to the rest of the episodes by going to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com. And join us next time. Unless you like being a loser, some people do, I guess.